If you are an HR professional, business owner, or at the operations level trying to understand what people want, you may be struggling. Our systems have been shocked, practices have been questioned, and culture is the leading conversation. Let's learn how culture is created, sustained, and why it should be the leading conversation when discussing hiring, training, and retention. This is the foundation of any business, and it's time to address it. So tune in to Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. We tackle topics that influencers of change need to understand and struggle to overcome every day, such as where to start and what the new workforce wants and how to attract and keep positive momentum going. I'm your host, Leanne Lovely. It's going to be a great conversation today. I have award-winning productivity and efficiency expert, Julie Miller-Davis. She brings a fresh perspective on avoiding overwhelm and reaching goals in an intentional manner. She trains business owners how to live and work their highest level of efficiencies, guiding her clients to reset to patterns of excellence, leaving mediocrity in the dust. Julie's out-of-the-box thinking, knowledge, on how to say yes to what is important and no to what is not, and ability to help and help regain control of your pursuit of your goals makes her one to watch in the world of productivity, prioritizing, and efficiency. Her background in teaching, leadership, and entrepreneurship has shaped her into an expert speaker and trainer she is today. Julie, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I'm excited to talk with you. Thank you for having me, Leanne. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself? Um, so I am Julie Miller Davis. That's my professional name. It came about quite accidentally because juliedavis.com was not available. <laughs> So, um, so my husband and I started bouncing around what it could be and, and trying all these different things on the URLs. And, and, um, so then I just put in my middle name and it became JMD productivity training. And, um, and now a lot of people call me JMD. And so it's pretty, it's pretty funny, but, uh, no, I, um, I was a, um, high school teacher. I grew up in Breckenridge, Colorado, and uh, always been a Colorado girl, except the two years that I left my first two years teaching and um, taught high school English for almost 20 years um, before having my son and then um, left teaching to, to teach, to, to raise him. And when he went to school, just started figuring out what else was out there and um, eventually landed at a place where I could still teach, but not be involved in politics or having a boss or a bell schedule or anything like that. And, um, and took a lot of the concepts and principles that I used in my classroom, as well as at a leadership ranch that I volunteered at for 20 years and melded them into a curriculums and different things, programs and classes that I put together for entrepreneurs. And, and women business owners, mostly women business owners, a few good men, um, <laughs> and mostly women. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that's great. So you started out as a, and you said, what grade were you teaching? Um, high school. So ninth okay. through 12th. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome to be able to go from, you know, high school, you know, kids to now adults, which I'm sure was definitely a, an interesting transition because, 
you know, you've got the young minds to now you've got people who are already kind of, I guess, guess that would be really different people who are already kind of set in their ways. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And, and, um, you know, in, in my introduction, you talked about that. I, that I reset people's habits and patterns, Mm -hmm. they can get the right things done. And so, um, yeah, set in your ways is why a lot of us are stuck or in trouble or, or not doing the things that we should be doing. And so it's, um, digging into that and setting, setting new habits around it. We don't, um, I don't really believe we ever break habits. They're habits, right? They're ingrained in us. We can, we can form new ones. And when the old ones rear their ugly heads, we can say, Hey, I don't, I don't do that like that anymore. (laughs) This is what I do now. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing is, you know, kids, they're, you know, they're, they're a lot of times a, um, hostile audience, right? (laughs) They have to be there. And, um, they do have to learn what you teach them because they are, uh, going to have a test at the end, but, um, you know, working with entrepreneurs has just been fantastic because most entrepreneurs are hungry to learn, hungry to improve and for information. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes to their detriment, you know, it's kind of, we are, um, we're learning, learning ourselves to death without implementation. And, and my company is all about implementation. And so it's, a it's not teaching necessarily brand new information. It's more about how can I help reset your patterns and your habits so that you can actually implement all these great ideas and all these great concepts and all these great things that you have been gathering and, um, and do something with all that information. Right. You make such a valid point there. We, there are, a lot of people out there who say, well, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. I love to learn. But what is the point of learning all of this information if it's simply going to be stuck in your head and then never put to work in the real world if you never implement that? Yeah. So I could I could go out and read every single book and retain all of that information, but it means nothing if I never use that information to better myself to right. you know, I, I could go read emotional intelligence a hundred times over but if I just simply read it and don't truly you know take that information in and then try to you know utilize that information for my own benefit right yeah it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything um, right. Right. So, th- wow, that's that's awesome. That's that's amazing. So you are and, and you mentioned this. I've mentioned this already, but you're the CEO founder of JMD uh, Productivity Training. training. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let me say that again. You are the founder of JMD Productivity Training. Um, tell me how you you know, you and you kind of said this, but tell me how you started it. But what was the main driver that that yeah. really said, hey, I want to do this. I want to go out on my own. I want to start a business. Um, you know, what was the, the trigger that, cause it's hard. It's really it hard. Is hard. It is hard. It's very hard. Um, it's very hard. And if you're in the right space and doing the right thing, it's also very fun, right? Because you are hopefully pursuing something that you love. And, um, for me, so Leanne, uh, what I did before this is I had a, a home-based business, you know, um, selling a product and growing a team and all of that. And 
what I loved the most about that was my team and leading them and helping them and teaching them. And what also happened was there were other leaders in my organization that kept coming to me and asking me how I was doing what I was doing working. I was only working three days a week because my son was in elementary school. The whole point of the whole thing was that I would have some income to supplement for our family while raising our son Mm -hmm. and um, through elementary school, especially because, you know, once they get to middle and high school, you never really see them much. So um, I just started really thinking about how, when I was going to these leadership um, retreats and things and doing these trainings on basically calendaring is where it all started. I started really thinking about the fact that I did not want to sell you know, do these home parties and sell products. I mean, that's not my end game. It was something to get my son through elementary school and to to supplement our income. But um, I really started listening to people around me, um, women, because I was networking mostly with women. I was hearing this pain point of, I'm so busy. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm can't, I'm trying to do all the things and I, I'm, I can't get anything done. Um, you know, I just kept hearing these same phrases over and over and over again. And um, I'm so stressed out. I'm not sleeping. I, you know, all the things. And so I started thinking about how, how the fact that the way that I operate on a daily basis is not how most people operate. And, um, you know, we never know. Sometimes we don't know we have gifts that we have, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so not that I'm perfect. I want to be perfectly clear to all the listeners. I have all kinds of slips where I have to look at myself and say, okay, what would I tell myself to do here? Because I am underwater at the moment, you know? And so, (laughs) um, but I just really, I, I, and I, as, as my background as as a teacher, I am, I am a teacher at heart. It is not something I did. It is, it is truly like who I am. And so how could I use that um, gift of being a teacher and the gifts that I had around prioritizing and around proactive thinking, um, how could I use that to create something to help help women do things differently? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I just started digging into how I um, the seven habits of highly effective teens is something that I taught for a long time. And so how did I take that and turn it into something for entrepreneurs? Um, without it, it, you know, a twist on it and parts of it. And then I had some other, other trainings that I had been through that I wanted to integrate into my curriculum. And so I created a curriculum for a a program and, and then other things were born out of that, but it, it's, um, it's been a journey and definitely a journey, but it's been amazing and has allowed me all kinds of freedom and, and has helped so many women and men um, change, change how they do things. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this part in your training, what are some of the, the key things that you hit on? 
you know, you talk about helping men and women get, you know, kind of unstuck and in that yeah. curriculum and without giving, obviously, I don't want you to, you know, give away your, your product, give away your, your trainings, yeah. but what are some of the key things that you focus on? Um, well, one of the things that we do is, is largely around calendar. A lot of people come to me in, in the, in the beginning for calendar and it's because they're, they have no system really of how they're going about, or they have this full calendar and they have this to-do list of things that need to get done. <laughs> and so how, how are these things going to get done when my calendar is booked from eight to eight, you know? Um, and so a lot of the work I do is around number one, how do we create space in the calendar so that you have room to breathe room to take a break, room to do some of these things on your to-do list. And then um, I don't know if you've heard my, my talk, one of the talks I give is all around prioritizing with power. And so I talk about the, it's basically about navigating your to-do list because the to-do list is never done. There's always one more thing to do. And, um, and so that task list, taking that and how do we integrate it with the calendar, but also how do we decide what's important and what's not. And I have my 3D system of the do it, delegate it or dump it. And um, anyone who's heard me talk can, will roll that. They're like, oh, I heard Julie talk six years ago. Do delegate dump, right? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, um, so that's one of the core principles. But then we also really dig into the habit of proactivity and how are we proactive? How can we actually do things differently than we've been doing them? And what part are we playing? in being in our own stuckness in our own way mm -hmm. and identifying that and helping people unravel that because we're in it. And when you're in it, you can't, you can't see it. You know, it's like being so close to a, a tree in the forest that you can't see your feet. You can't see the path. And right. so it's a lot about that. Yeah. And that's, that's such a true statement. Other people can see other people can recognize, but you yourself are completely unaware. And it's amazing how easy it is to fall down that path to, to become completely paralyzed because of the amount of things that you, and you would think, well, you've got so many things to do. So just start chipping away Doing at them. them. <laughs> right. But you become so overwhelmed and so stressed out that all of a sudden you're like, I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, where do I start? I, I, I just... Um, and unfortunately, that is that is a real thing. It a is com completely real thing. Wow. Okay, so let's let's talk about now. You have you have a team of I of, do. So let's let's talk about that. How many how many people are on your team? Um, I, I have six people on my team. I have uh, three that are monthly, like on a monthly stipend with me. And then I've got three others who are um, on an as-needed basis, like my event planner, although I do meet with her probably every single month. And then I've got a photographer and I've got a videographer that are kind of my um, as-needed basis. And they're, they're definitely involved in a lot of things in my business. But the three that are my staples that I really can't live without um, are my, my virtual assistant, my assistant, I don't even call her my, she's just my assistant, but she lives far away. And my, um, my project manager and my web slash social media, um, marketing 
Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, a, a solo entrepreneur, but it's a whole nother thing to go out on your own and then build a team. Mm-hmm. And then to keep that team happy and to work with them, especially when it comes to a virtual team, um, having an, a virtual employee anywhere, um, you know, being able to work and, and have them be an assistant is extremely difficult because typically those individuals have to be very, very in tune with with you. You have to be very in tune with them, understanding, you know, what you need, understanding what you have to get. So how did you go about building this team and how do you continue to keep a a cohesive working team together (laughs) it's a good question um you know i think there's a lot of a lot of people who work with me are doing it everything on their own and by the time they're done working with me they are ready to to delegate they're ready to hire but they've also figured out if if anyone takes my my free challenges that I run a couple times a year, they figure out there's a lot of things they can delegate that doesn't, it doesn't cost them money to delegate. They can, you know, there's people that live in your house a lot of times that you can delegate to. <laughs> but there's also other things that you can get off your plate without having to pay anybody a huge amount of money. You could pay your neighbor's daughter to do some of these things or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. babysitting money kind of, kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I started out, I think my business was, I want to say a year old when I hired really hired I, I, I hired a gal earlier than that my, my neighbor's daughter I hired to do some CRM stuff where she was inputting just inputting emails for me mm-hmm. um, into my CRM but um, I hired a gal just you know $300 at a time and when that $300 ran out she said hey it's time to re-up we've used your 10 hours or whatever it was that we were, you know, using then. Um, and, and I would just, I just kind of kept her on retainer that way, but not monthly. It was just kind of hourly. And about a year after that, it was every month I'm paying you this much money to, to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, and she was really my only person besides just web maintenance that I had. And I had to have web maintenance and, Oh no, I also had a social media I started out as someone who just was posting one time a week. It was not very much money. And then I, a year after that, went to someone who posted three times a week and then um, changed over to another gal now who does all my marketing. She does my ads. She does my social. She manages, um, you know, all kinds of things in my, in my marketing world. And um, what I want to stress is that w- and I don't have the same assistant anymore. I outgrew her and what I needed was no longer what she did. She's like, you know, and, and she wanted to, cause she loved me. She's like, yeah, I can do that. And then it wasn't happening. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just think that you wanted to say yes to me because you, cause you love me and, and we have a great relationship and it's time, it's time for us to part ways. And Mm -hmm. it was with love. Like there was no damage to the relationship. It was, I, I needed something different and something more. And so, um, and then when I got this year, I, 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 I hired my project manager. My life is like, Oh, you know, I'm like, Hey, you guys, can we do this? And like, Oh, already done. We talked yesterday. I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) my team. But I, I, what you brought up was about how it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. It's all about, 
first of all, are the people you're hiring in alignment with what you deem as important? Is their definition of excellence the same as your definition of excellence? Mm -hmm. Is their definition of um, communication the same as your definition of communication? And I'm, I'm high in communication. If you're low in communication, you probably need to hire someone high in communication because otherwise you're going to be frustrated. They're going to be frustrated and it's not going to work. But I really think Leanne, if, if you can um, run a team in such a way that you're also involving them with each other and you're taking yourself out as the middleman sometimes and let them create relationships and trust with each other. And then if they have questions come to you and you meet with them, I meet with each of my team members. Um, two of them, I meet once a week. One of them, I meet once a month. And then the three of them meet once a month. And sometimes I'm called into that meeting. <laughs> sometimes I'm not, you know, but there's constant communication. And, and we use a tool, we use Slack to communicate as a team so the emails don't get lost because emails get lost. So now mm -hmm. we've got all of our communication in one spot and it's amazing. Um, and it's, and it's a journey. Like I'm, I'm in my eighth year of business. And so, you know, patience, my friends is the key <laughs> and learning from your learning and being willing to let people go when it's time to let them go. And mm -hmm let yourself grow when it's time to grow. That's awesome. And you're right. Communication is, is a hundred percent, um, key. If you don't know what the right hand, you know, if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, um, you're going to fail, uh, a hundred percent of the time. Yep. Right. Yep. So yeah, you, uh, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome to, um, and it's a rarity to be able to find a, a, a team, that is, um, that works so, you know, awesome together all of the time and be, be able to, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and be able to, you know, understand each other, understand how each other works. Um, it's becoming more and more common. Um, you know, now people are, are, you know, working virtually and, and so are, is your whole team virtu virtual? Yeah. My whole team is virtual. Awesome. Yep. I have one in Ohio. One in Wisconsin, one in Washington. Yeah. And then my videographer and my photographer are here in Colorado Springs. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So one in Wisconsin. Hey, one, one, one here in, in uh, my state. Yes. So, and, then yes. My, and then my event planners in Utah. Yeah, I have them all. Everybody's everywhere. Um, but, great. you know, the other thing I think, Leanne, for everybody to get along and, and for the team to communicate well together it really, it will come from people's leadership. So it comes from, um, number one, have you or have I um, given each person what what is the expectation of, of their role in the company? Like what, what is their, what is their bubble and what mm -hmm. is someone else's bubble? And a lot of time, and they're very good at asking questions. I'm like, I never, never get mad if you ask me a question like, hey, is this something I should be doing? Can we have a call? Because I'm not really sure if this is my job or such and so's job. And so, you know, there's, they are always very open to asking questions and mm -hmm. I'm open to the questions. And then, you know, going back to the other thing that I said, if you are hiring people because you have, um, 
again, that clear definition of what is X, what are your values? Are they in alignment with those values? What is your definition of how of excellence in your company? And are they going to serve in that way? You know, and I, I am very blessed that my team is, is the way they are because it, it's not, and when I brought my project manager in, I wasn't sure, you know, now that someone else is giving some directives, mm-hmm. how's that going to go? And it, it went so well. And I, and I know it doesn't always. Right. And well, I think I've laid so much foundation. It really helped. And you said something that I think is, is extremely important for people to understand alignment. You have to make sure after you've set down your expectations and you've set down what your needs and wants are, is that person in alignment with you? Do they, you know, are their goals, are their expectations, are their needs, wants, you know, for the direction that they want to, you know, go moving forward in alignment with you? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, if that all is, is lining up for everybody on the team, then then yeah, it makes sense. And everybody's going to be going or rowing in the same direction. It's when somebody all of a sudden decides, no, I I think we should be doing this, that, you know, it it stops working. And that's when, you know, you have to be aware that maybe it is time for that person to move on or, you know, grow to another role. Um, Because, you know, you're not going to be able to continue to all move in the same direction all the time. Eventually people do want to, maybe move on, grow or, but it's great to have everybody right now rowing in the right direction and hopefully for the long term, right? That's, right. that's everybody's um, dream is to continue to do that together. Right. Right. Well, that, yeah. And, and, and it's not always realistic either that we'll all be together, you know, forever right. and um, people outgrow people mm-hmm. and, um, or they, yeah, or they just decide to go in other, a whole other direction. Any like anyway, from from teaching high school st- students to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> owning their own business, <laughs> like that. So you're yeah. you are you're also a speaker for the women entrepreneurs, um, and on your LinkedIn post it says that you are are an out of the box thinker with real world pragmatism. So tell me about that. What does that mean? So um, it, it, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier today, where mm-hmm. I'm I'm on the outside looking in, and so it's it's that whole thing where how many times are you going to try to do the the same thing over and over in the same way and get and and expect to get a different result? Right? Insanity, insanity, um, and it's my job to first of all be able to look at it from an outside perspective and help start asking questions that will solve the problem Mm -hmm. that will get you through the wall or whatever it is that you're up against um and to teach you how to do that for yourself to teach these entrepreneurs how to do that for themselves and so my out-of-the-box thinking is really about bringing in a new perspective that kind of takes that 30,000 foot view or, or whatever you want to call it. And, and because of the way that I am, that I problem solve because of the way that I teach people to problem solve, I'm able to look at things from different angles in, and, you know, again, it's not rocket science and it's not um, where I can't believe how many times people say to me, well, this seems so simple. Why can't I, why couldn't I just see it? And I'm like, well, it is simple and it's not simple. 
And I talk about this stuff every single day. Like this is my job. (laughs) Right. Sometimes the most obvious things are the hardest things to see. Yeah. And you're not looking at it every day. I'm Mm -hmm. looking at it. I'm looking at it and talking about it every single day. And so, you know, through eight years, I'm, I'm better and better at it because Mm -hmm. it's, it's what I eat you know, live and breathe. Right. It goes back to the old, you know, you ever walk into somebody's house and you notice, you know, there's paint peeling on the wall or there's, you know, a hole in the carpet and you're like, how do they live like this? You know, it's, it's, it's horrible. And then you, and then you start to realize, wow, they live like this. They've accepted it. And now they don't see it anymore. They don't see it. That is so funny because I bring up an analogy that people crack up at every so often because it's like when you have a really bad smell in your refrigerator Mm -hmm. and you can't stand it and you can't figure it out and pretty soon you don't even notice it anymore because it's it's just there (laughs) right right you become nose blind to it there there have been there have been times where I've had friends walk into my house and I'm like how does my house smell they're like it smells fine I'm like okay great because I don't want to be one of those people and I just got a puppy too so you know like I, I, I have an extremely heightened sense of smell, but again, I'm just like anybody else. If you smell something for so long, but there was one day that I walked out of my bedroom and in the morning I uh, walked into where the puppy is crate is. And I was like, Oh my God, like, what is that smell? I'm like, Oh my God, he must've had an accident or something in his crate. And I walked over, no, no accident. And I'm just like, oh my God, the dog smells like this. <laughs> oh my God. So I ripped, you know, everything out of his crate I threw everything in the washing machine I threw him in the bath and I'm like and then I think it was like six hours later my husband had been gone um and he comes home and he goes what he walks in the house and he goes what is that smell I'm like it's still there I'm like seriously it's still there I washed the dog I washed everything in his crate where is that smell coming from well it just hadn't like aired out of the house okay but it's isn't that everybody's fear is like somebody walks in your house and they go oh god Oh, wow. You guys live like this? You live like this? Yeah. Right. You know, it's <laughs> it's the same. It's the same principle, you know, right. and um, to have someone be able to look at it from look at what what's keeping you stuck or where where you're having an issue from an outside perspective mm-hmm. to walk into the house and go, whoa, what what is that? You know, right. Um, and, and you're kind of like you're kind of the person who walks into somebody's brain and says, "Whoa, what is that?" <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's unravel that ball of wax, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just moving people from this feeling of or or reality of mediocrity because they're just surviving, right? They're mm-hmm. just trying to make it through the day. And I got all this stuff to do. I have all these appointments. I have all these calls to make. I have this whole to-do list. I've got a family to take care of, you know, all the things. Um, I've got a household to run and it's, it's, how do we make space for that? And how do I create instead of survival? Cause they're trying to survive it. How do we make it so that it's thriving? Like there's joy instead mm-hmm. of, drudgery yeah that's awesome so uh, you you are obviously your speaker so 
tell me a little bit more about, you know, some of your speaking engagements. And I mean, I, you know, you have an event planner. So I'm assuming that your event planner helps you. I have a I have an event that I run um, okay. every year in October. Oh. And but we work all year on it. It's Ooh. um, it's it's a three day or it's like a half day, full day, half day event that we run that's hybrid. So we do. Um, some people come in person and, and we broadcast to, to other people. So you don't have to fly here, but um, it's awesome if you do. And uh, so we, we work a lot on that. And that is where people can get a whole entire overview of everything that I do and everything that I teach and they walk away and I'm, and I'm a teacher. So you're not, you're not just gathering. I'm not a lecturer. You're gathering information. I'm telling you, you're practicing it. You're talking about it. You're sharing about it. And then you leave with a plan. And so, (laughs) um, and so even if you, you know, don't end up staying with me for the short term or the long term, you have something to walk away with that is very, very implementable at the end of that event. But mostly I speak, Leanne, to, to, um, I I speak on prioritizing. I speak Mm -hmm. on, um, I call it solve unsolvable problems, which is being proactive. Mm -hmm. And I speak on, um, focusing and, and I have another talk called commit to courage. And I speak all over, um, all over the, the North America really. And, um, mostly to w- women's groups, to a few conferences and mostly to just get the word out about me to gain some followers, followers and followings and to help as many people as possible. And I give away free stuff and, um, and hope that they engage with me and hope it's helpful. And, and then we see where it goes. And so there's, there's not a lot of big, you know, I'm not on a lot of big stages. I'm not getting big money for it. That's not where I make my, it's not where I make my living, but I sure enjoy getting in front of as many people as possible and helping them have just some ahas around what they do. Right. That's awesome. Um, I've always, um, you know, I've always thought and dreamed about, you know, getting up in front of, you know, a a group of people and, and, and doing something like that and never... I don't think I ever will. Hmm. Um, I think there's a there's that that little voice in the back of my head that says, no, probably not going to do that. I'd probably um, I'd probably start shaking and and have to walk off the stage. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. And I had I I battled with stage fright for a long time. And you would have thought with being a teacher that I wouldn't have that. But, you know, I got captive audience in a I have a captive audience in a classroom and they have to know what I'm teaching them because there's a test. Right. And you get in front of, you get in front of a room of people, let's say a corporation, a corporate office brought me in to speak. They could be hostile. They don't, they might not want to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or why, why do they need to listen to me or why is this relevant? But after a while you just learn you've, I've got something to share and it's relevant and it's good. And and I'm fairly entertaining, <laughs> so <laughs> so hopefully I capture them and give them one little thing that they can take away and implement. So, yeah, that's, no, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> 
So you you started the business when your son was in um, middle in middle school. Oh, in middle school. Okay, yeah. so he's yeah. now he's got to be graduated high school in what is he college now? Um, he is not in college right now. He um, stayed home and he's working and um, he needs to leave the house. So <laughs> I will I will tell you all in confidence. <laughs> Um, so we're, um, we're working through that. He's moving, he's moving and going to get a job up in Wyoming where his, his best friends are in school right now. So, um, yeah, he's graduated. He is, he is not out of the house. yet. <laughs> you know what I do? We actually, we talked about this before. I do remember that. So, yeah. so he has decided what to defer school for, for the time being or not to do school for right now, which is, Hey, I'm. I am a, a advocate of learning. I am an advocate of um, of educating yourself, but <clears throat> I don't necessarily believe that you have to do a traditional college in order to do that. So I, neither do I, and neither do I. And I just you know I want him to find something that he loves. And I think that you have to have an education in some fashion. Like you have to have training in whatever you're doing, whether mm-hmm. you're whether you're working at. Um, a restaurant or retail or whether you're in in the military I mean at all at all there's training for all of it whether Mm -hmm. you're a sales uh, on the sales floor for a um, any you know a a car a car dealership or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's just around the I, I, we are not tied at all to him going to a four-year school or anything like that. It's, it's more about, let's find something that you love and how do we, how do we help you or how do you help yourself do that Mm -hmm. to the best of your ability? So are you delegating some of your work to him? God, no. No, it's 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 His more level of, of excellence is not my definition of a level of excellence. <laughs> he needs more life experience before you're yes. ready to do. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, no, he is not the he is not the person I would give anything that needs attention to detail or anything. But um, but he but I will say this: he grocery shops for me, so I do delegate that stuff. So okay. um, he he goes to the grocery store. He loves going to the grocery store and comes home and has everything on the list and he might call me a couple times while he's there but I didn't have to go there you know and I hate grocery shopping so oh, that's good and that is um, hey yeah. you are you and I are like-minded in that if there <laughs> I will clean all the toilets in the house but don't send me to the grocery store yeah yeah I can't stand it I'm one of those people that like speed walks through the grocery store and literally will just throw whatever I can in the cart that is edible because I want to get out of there as quickly as possible. I come home and my husband goes, what did you buy? And I'm like, food, food, food. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like we, we have food to eat. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the grocery store. Me neither. Me neither. Well, we are coming to time, so I have the question of the season. Okay. If you could go back to your younger self and give yourself advice, when would you go back and what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I think that um, 
I knew this question was coming and it's a, it's a, it's a thinker. So um, I really think that it comes back down to something that I said earlier, which is that um, we really need patience. We need patience in all things. We need patience um, in finding the right partner. We need patience in like life partner. We need patience in, in growing up and learning who we are. And um, in this business, definitely need patience. Cause like, we're just always in a hurry and, and we want, um, we want everything now and our kids, they get everything now, right? Everything is so right now. And so I, I would probably go back to some time in my twenties and just say, you know what, just be patient. Don't be in a hurry. And it applies to so many things And this business. My gosh, being a business owner is not for anybody that's in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that is definitely something that um if i could go back to myself and maybe my 25 year old self i would try to try to drill that into my my younger self that's a good one that's a very yeah. good one yeah and try to drill that in to my 10 year old self too yeah yeah <laughs> No kidding. And my daughter get in the car. Are we almost there? Uh, we've been in the car. We've been in the car. A minute and a half. (laughs) 10 minutes. It's a four hour drive. (laughs) Fall asleep. Um, so if somebody wanted to reach out to you and learn more about your October, did you say October event? Yeah. Uh Okay. October Mm -hmm. event or learn Mm -hmm. more about your services. How would somebody go about doing that? They can, you can find me on LinkedIn, which is just Julie Miller Davis. You can also find me at my website, which is uh, juliemillerdavis.com. And um, HTTPS, you know, juliemillerdavis.com. And you've got all the resources you need right there. If you want more about the event, you can actually go, we have an event page that's unstuckevent.com that you can go to and find more about that. Awesome. And, um, you know, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate your time today. I will have your, um, the way to reach out to you in the show notes. So if somebody's interested in reaching out to Julie, you can please uh, check the show notes, then that will be uh, listed in there. But again, Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Leanne. I just really appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.